welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We are in week two of a series around uh, the prayer of Jabez, which is in the Bible, uh, but it's also around this book that was written now over 20 years ago called The Prayer of Jabez, and want to encourage you to be able to pick up this resource. It's a short read, a super easy read, but Pastor Rob last week started this uh, series talking about this prayer of Jabez, which we find in First Chronicles chapter 4, and we're going to read those Two verses, yes, this entire book right here and these last two weeks, last week and this weekend, is all about these two verses, this prayer of a guy named Jabez. He prays these four quick lines that can transform your life. Pastor Rob taught last week that whatever dream you have in your heart that God might do in and through you, God has something even better. God has something beyond what Ever you could ask, think, or imagine. And sometimes when, when you hear a prayer like, God, would you bless me? It can feel a little bit like, are we allowed to, like, are we allowed to say that? Like, is that God, is God cool with that? Like, are we allowed? So like, shouldn't we just pray? We should just pray for others. And the whole point of this is, no, it is okay for you to say to your heavenly father, he's a good father. He's a good God. He's got good things in store for you more than you could ask, think, or imagine. It's okay for you to say, Lord, would you bless my life? Would you do in and through me all that you want to do in and through me? And so going there, I want you to know First uh, Chronicles chapter 4 is really like a genealogy. And it's saying, hey, this is the dad. And then he, he had a son. Then he had a grandson and a great-grandson. And it's just kind of listening to the names. But then we get to this guy named Jabez. And it, it pauses the genealogy for a second. And it's like, it's like the Lord is saying like, hey, pay attention. You need to know about this guy named Jabez. Let's read it together, starting in verse 9. It says this, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. That's uh, a tough start. Pastor Rob shared last week, uh, you know, you can live above your name. You can live beyond your name. Whatever family you were raised in, whatever your parents were like, whatever your mistakes, failure, sin in your past, whatever may come against you in this life by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live above it. You can live beyond it. And Pastor Rob shared that his, you know, his name is Rob. And when he goes to other countries, they'll be like, like, like rob me, like you're going to rob me. And I just want everybody to know my name is Kirk and it means church. So we're good. Because I bore him in pain. Then Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying this. And here's the prayer. Oh, that you would bless me. And you would enlarge my border. Enlarge my territory. And that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from harm. You would keep me from evil. So that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked for. The point of these messages last week and this week is not just the prayer, but it's the fact that God answers prayer. God answered his prayer. God granted to him what he asked for. 
This is not just about formulas to get what you want. It's not just mechanics or robotics. It's not just, I'm trying to be a good Christian better than all the others. It's the fact that I go before the Lord and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna bring my request to him. I'm gonna cast my cares upon him. I'm gonna lay all of my burdens at his feet. I'm gonna come to him. I'm gonna ask, seek, pray like our vision was this last year in 2022. I'm gonna pray and thank God the Lord answers prayer. The title of this message in the next few moments, what we're talking about is hand on, harm off. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, I thank you that you want to bless your children. You are a good father. And Lord, I just pray that each person under the sound of my voice here and at every single one of our campuses that's with us this weekend, everybody watching online, Lord, I pray that we would grab onto this truth that you answer prayer. You answer prayer. You do the miraculous and you've got more in store for us than we could ever imagine. Lord, I pray that we would grab onto that truth this weekend and for the rest of our life, that as we come to you, you've got the miraculous in store for us. And today we say thank you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. We are welcoming every campus, by the way. Can we welcome all the campuses that are watching, joining with us right now? We love you. All around the Twin Cities, everybody watching online, we love you here at Apple Valley. Uh, I've shared a little bit of this story before, uh, but if you're new, here, here it is. I grew up a pastor's kid, grew up in the church, and uh, there's, there's an, you know, some, some old pastor used to say this, uh, I, I grew up on drugs. I was drugged to church on Sunday, drugged to church on Monday, drugged to church, and that's kind of my life. I, I was brought to church my entire life, us and the four kids. I've got an older brother, younger brother, who's our Maple Grove campus pastor, uh, and then a younger sister, and uh, all of us somehow ended up in ministry. We all had our own call, individual, unique call on our life. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about how we were raised on Christmas and on birthdays. We got, uh, we got a type of gift. I don't know if anybody can relate to this. Uh, you know, some people got Super Nintendos, Nintendo 64s. Some people got, uh, you know, just the, their favorite toy. Every Christmas, every birthday, uh, the, if you are Graham and you're in our family, you got a brand new devotional. Yeah, you're jealous, jealous. You're ripping it open. I mean, we knew what, it, what it's like. It's, it's a book. It's, it's definitely a book. And then you rip it open. And, uh, you know, it'd be 365 devotions for kids who like sports. You know, like this is just an example. Just giving you an example of what our life was like. And um, actually this Christmas, I uh, want you to know that all four of us kids, we had our little family Christmas. Even to this day, folks, our mom gifted us the book of Psalms. Can you believe it? We all got one book of the Bible. And uh, no, it was actually cool. It had, it had like some open pages for journaling, all that. But uh, I remember getting in some massive trouble when I was in uh, a teenager, when I was in high school. And they, when I was in big trouble, they wouldn't come down first to talk to me. They would send in my youth pastor, Kellen Anderson. And so that's your pastor's kid. The youth pastor comes and deals with the big stuff first, you know? And I remember he walked in with the prayer of Jabez for teens. 
and saying, God's got more for your life. God's got beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine. You need to stop acting this, stop acting this way, stop doing those things, and you need to get your life right with God. Praise God for a good youth pastor. Can we thank God for kids pastors, youth pastors, young adults, next generation changing lives? Here's the sad thing. Most of those devotionals would sit on my shelf as a teenager. It wasn't until I was in college that I started engaging the word of God and some of those resources on a daily basis, which nothing has transformed my life more than engaging the word of God. Nothing has transformed my life more than being in the word of God day by day, week over week, month over month. It has transformed and changed my life. And, uh, want to point out this picture that Jabez, the prayer of Jabez, what we just read, is not just a frame of mind. It's not just, it wasn't just how he saw life or how he saw God or what he was thinking or how he carried him uh, himself. It was a prayer. And the devotional sitting on my shelf will do no good unless I engage that content and I engage myself with the Lord in prayer, unless I come before him and I open up my mouth and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, would you deliver me? Lord, would you rescue me? Lord, would you bless me? These last two weeks are not about just a a frame of mind. It's to encourage you that you need to go to God in prayer. We're reading this is because he opened his mouth and said, God, would you bless me? God, would you enlarge my territory? God, would you have your hand on me and would you keep me from evil? We need to go to God in prayer. Luke 18, verse one. And Jesus told them this parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I want you to know that if you're in need in our church, you've got a need. You, there's something that you're dealing with, an ailment, a lack, whatever you're facing, whatever's troubling you, whatever's got you down, the Bible would encourage you, don't lose heart. Don't get down. Don't be depressed, but go to the Lord again and again and again. I, I, I'm just, I, it's not just a frame of mind. I'm gonna open my mouth and I'm gonna engage in relationship, we've said it before, if you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a relationship with God. Prayer life doesn't mean three hours every morning, although praise God for the intercessors who spend three hours every morning. Prayer life means, are you talking to God? The prayer of Jabez is this model, not just for up here, but to engage in relationship with Jesus Christ. Luke 18, verses seven and eight, just a little bit later. Jesus is talking, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Day and night, day and night, and speedily. And we know that God doesn't count quickness like we do. That this life is a vapor. Although it feels long, it's here today and gone tomorrow. And so we're going to come to him day after day after day, believing that he can answer prayer, send it from heaven to earth in an instant and in a moment. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Here's how you wait in prayer. Rejoice with hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. I love the language of while we're in need, rejoice. Have hope. 
Be patient and constantly engage your relationship with the Lord in prayer. All right, week one was all about, Lord, would you bless me? And would you enlarge my territory? The next few moments, we're gonna talk about just the back half of that prayer, which, which is, Lord, would you have your hand upon me and would you keep me from evil? Jabez says, Lord, that your hand might be with me. Your hand might be on him. And when we see the, the hand of God on somebody, it is his power and his presence. I want you to know that God's power and his presence is with you today. Just like we see it in Jabez's life, you can have it in your life. His power and his presence on your life. Let's read this. First Chronicles 29, verse 12. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. The hand of God is all powerful. And in your hand is to make great and give strength to all. Some hands destroy, but God's hands build strengthen, fortify, gird, hold you up with his mighty hand. This is the hand of God. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. You need this truth today. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalms 145, verse 16. Sorry for all the scripture, but we're in church. (laughs) You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord's hand is open to you. Even in your waiting, even in your need, the Lord's hand is open to you. While you wait for that answered prayer, he's doing things that you don't know about, that your eyes may not see. He's protecting you. His mercy is upon you. He's giving you grace and strength to do one more day. And I'm praying for every person in our church that's experiencing crisis and hurt and need that you would recognize that God is able to extend his hand and answer your prayer. But you need to know that even in waiting for your prayer to be answered, he is protecting you. He is keeping air in your lungs. He is keeping you close sometimes in our worst need. That's where we sense and feel God the closest. And I'm not grateful for the need, but I'm grateful for his presence. His power and his presence. Jabez says that your hand might be with me. And uh, it's this feeling of dependence. And we as Christ followers, we need to live dependent on God. It is a dangerous place to be where you have all you need and you don't need God. It's a dangerous place to be. Why? Because you're living with no faith. No dependence, no faith. So as you are successful in the world's view, be careful that you don't become independent from your need from God. We should stay focused and recognize that, Lord, I wanna position myself to be dependent on you. I need you. Remind me, I need you. Lord, I need you. Jabez is desperate. Lord, I need you. Would you put your hand upon me? Dependence is a good thing. To the leaders out there, the ones that have been given influence or promotion or a place of position, don't act like you're awesome. 
act like God put you where you are and that you are in desperate need of his hand on your life. When your territory enlarges, you don't become great, you become dependent. Jabez, his, he's saying, would you enlarge my territory? And it is natural to say, as my territory gets bigger, as responsibility gets bigger, as influence grows, God, I need you. I need you now more than ever. And let's be a church that says, yes, I'm ready for more responsibility. Yes, I'm ready for more. I want to reach more lost people. I want to influence in my workplace. I want to make a difference. I want to do something with his life beyond what I could ask, think, or imagine. But I'm going to do it dependent on you, God. I'm going to be desperate. Independence, God, you put air in my lungs. I'm, I'm waking up tomorrow because your hand is on me. Woo! Your hand is on me. God blesses those who depend on him. Those who do not hesitate to ask and allow God to honor himself through them. I want God to honor himself through the life that I live. It's not about me. I want him to honor himself through the life that I live. Lord, I'm dependent on you. In the Old Testament, we see a lot of that language. The Lord's, the Lord's hand was upon him. The Lord's hand was upon them. And in the New Testament, we see language, and they were filled with the Spirit. And they were filled with the Spirit. His hand is His Spirit. His hand is His Spirit. You've given your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells, lives within you. And there's an infilling, there's a more, there's a beyond, there's a, a, another, there's a next, there's a today and tomorrow and the next day. I need the Holy Spirit. It's not just, Lord, would you put your hand on me? Lord, would you fill me with the Spirit of God? Let's be a church that is pleading, pleading, pleading. Holy Spirit, would you fill me again? Would you fill me again? Would you fill me, Lord, today? When's the last time you were pleading? That's a dependence. God, I need you to fill me today for the road that is ahead to accomplish all that you've created me to accomplish. I'm on mission. I'm not here to be comfortable. I'm not here to have it all. I've got it all because I've got you. I am dependent on the Holy Spirit. I need you today. I need you tomorrow. I need you in the morning. I need you in the middle of the night. I need the Holy Spirit. I almost yelled again. His hand is his power and his presence. His spirit is his power and his presence. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, this is the New Testament church. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. To accomplish what God wants you to accomplish, the plan that is beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine, it will require boldness, which requires the Holy Spirit. God, I need the Holy Spirit so that in every situation, every circumstance, every moment, I need to be filled so that I can speak with boldness. And this is not just evangelism, although that's a major focus that we're here to reach lost people. That is a major focus. We're here to reach lost people. Here at Apple Valley and at every campus, we're here. We're gonna reach lost people. 
But I need boldness when my child is going through something crisis, critical, in need. I, I need boldness when there's somebody that I love that's sick and their, 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 their flesh is falling apart. I, I need boldness to speak in faith and to pray. I need boldness in so many circumstances and situations which requires the Holy Spirit. We can pray the prayer of Jabez that your hand might be upon me that your spirit might be upon me and you would keep me from harm. Translation also says you would keep me from evil. Lord, would you keep me from, from evil? Lord, would you bless me? Would you enlarge my territory? Fill me with your Holy Spirit and would you keep me from evil? There is an enemy after your soul. So it's just the, it's the reality that there's a spiritual realm which, which is eternal. Physical realm is temporary. There's an enemy after your soul that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, not your neighbor, not your coworker, not somebody with a different political view, not somebody that's gifted differently, personality, not your competitor. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. There's an enemy after your soul. I love in the Lord's Prayer as Jesus teaches the disciples and then through the word of God teaches us how to pray. He teaches in Matthew 6, 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's how we, it's not, a frame, it's not just a, a frame of mind, it's a prayer. Open your mouth and pray. Would you deliver us from evil? Deliver me, deliver me from the evil one. There's two kind of concepts in that, this last phrase, keep me from evil. And one is kind of like playing defense. Lord, would you, as I'm being attacked, something is coming against me, I, I, I'm gonna play defense. Lord, would you protect me? Would you keep me from evil? Keep me, guard me, cover me, keep me from evil. And then there's, there's also this view especially in light of the season our church is in, in taking ground in 2023. We're going to take ground. We're going to take back what the enemy stole. There is this, this thought of keep me from evil as I go on the offense. Lord, would you give me victory as I take ground in your name? Would you protect me as I move forward in your will? And I think both are good to apply into our life, but the prayer of Jabez, he's saying, enlarge my territory. So I'm, there's an expansion. There's a taking ground. It's, it's why we're studying this right now. There's a taking ground element to this. And so I think there's something to be uh, focused on in the offense, thinking I'm taking ground. Lord, would you protect me as I go? Not just protect me as I'm attacked. But he'll do both. 
First, the defense, Psalm chapter 5, 11 and 12. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Psalm 91, verses one through six, famous verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Nor the pestilence that walks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. I love that language. He is my refuge. He is my deliverer. He is my coverer. He is my shield. I will not fear day or night, darkness or light. And while you are fighting, playing defense, do not be afraid. It's probably the greatest encouragement you could ever hear as you wage war in the spiritual realm, that you do not need to be afraid for the Lord God is with you. Mom, dad, fighting for your child, do not be afraid. Husband, wife, fighting for your marriage, do not be afraid. Fighting for your life through sickness, do not be afraid. Fear is what can kill us. It can cause us to to start to doubt and to worry and to, to get all riddled with anxieties and stress And feeling of overwhelmed. No, do not be afraid. The Spirit of God lives in you. Would you fill me again? Would let your hand cover me, watch over me, keep me from evil? You are my refuge. You are my strong tower. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Defense. Keep me from evil. But in light of taking ground, there's an offensive. There's a, we're stepping into this. Tomorrow we wage war. We're going after it. We're living in faith. I'm going to live by faith. I'm, I'm dependent on you, God, as I go. There's an offensive. And we're living in a world right now that requires Christians to live with the strength, the ability, the boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit to wage war on the offense, not just on the defense. We don't just hole up in our church buildings and in our homes, fearful that the attack of the enemy's coming. The attack of the enemy's coming, and there is an attack from the enemy. There's an attack on the family. There's an attack on marriages. There's an attack on boys being trained of what it looks like to become a man of God. Girls being trained, discipled, looks like what it become to become a woman of God. There's an attack on the family. There's an attack on humanity. There's an attack on the image of God. There's an attack on the church. And we do not hole up in our houses just playing defense. But we say, Lord, would you expand our territory? Would you help us take ground this year? Would you help us wage on the offense, saying we will defy the culture in this world? We will defy it. 
We will say what is in the word of God, what is the family, how it was designed, what is marriage, how it was designed, what a man of God looks like, what a woman of God looks like. And I'm not just talking about masculinity and femininity, and I'm not just talking about identity. I'm saying there is in the word of God a a design, a plan, a blueprint, and there's a war against it to shred it. And in doing so, we're going to lose thousands and millions of people unless we say we're going on the offense. Lord, would you bless me? Expand my territory. Would you put your hand and Holy Spirit upon me and within me? And Lord, would you keep me from evil as I go out tomorrow? I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm going out. And this is what's awesome. Scholars would say this prayer of Jabez, he was, he was honored beyond his brother's. Beyond his brothers. And scholars believe it's because his brothers went about it a different route. They enlarged their territory with swords and shields. They waged a physical battle, which in the Old Testament is, it's all good. They, there, was a, there, was, there was war to, there's, war had to happen because this was God's promised land to his people. But Jabez, different approach. God, would, would, would you bless me? God, would you enlarge my territory? Would you put your hand upon me and would you protect me? And scholars would believe that Jabez, as that final verse, verse 10, says, God answered his prayer. The scholars would say that Jabez got his expanded territory, not having to fight in the flesh, but God moved, moved the enemy out and protected Jabez so that he didn't even have to fight. He he approached it differently. And so we don't go out with all of our pitchforks No, we go to the Lord. We open our mouth and we pray. We engage in spiritual warfare a different way, a biblical way. We say, God, as we go out into the workplace and our neighborhoods and with our friends and our family and those that are lost and the culture war that's happening on the next generation, generations that come, Lord, would you enlarge the territory? And just like Gideon led just a couple hundred men against a hundred thousand. They didn't have to fight. God won that battle. And just a couple hundred men had victory over a hundred thousand. And I'm praying that our church, every location, everyone watching around the world, our missionaries that engage every single week, a part of our church, that there would be an expansion of territory which looks like souls. There'd be an expansion of territory that we didn't manipulate to happen. We didn't force it. We didn't just pick up people from other churches. No, there's an expansion of territory where lost people have dreams about Jesus and they wake up saying, I need to get to church. I need to find the truth. 
I need to find, some, I need to find somebody that knows the answer to this, this vision that I have. Or while they're at the end of their rope, they're, they're, they're desperate and they go, I don't know anywhere else to look. I don't know where anywhere else to look, but there's somebody that, that I know that they're a person of faith. I'm praying that it's River Valley Church people. A person of faith, a person of faith, a person that talks different, lives different, acts different, has a different countenance, full of the Holy Spirit. And they go to you saying, I'm in need. I don't know where else to go, but I know you have an answer. And I believe that the Lord will expand our territory. And as he does, he will keep you from evil and his spirit will fill you. You don't have to be afraid. Let's say it again, that you, the dreams that you have for your life, the vision that you have for your life, God wants to do far beyond it. Lord, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the prayer of Jabez. I pray that you would bless each person, a part of our church, expand their territory. Keep your hand upon them and your spirit within them and keep harm and evil far from them. Let no attack of the enemy have success. And as we go out on mission, put a guard around your people, put a guard around your church. Let us win souls like never before. In Jesus' name I pray, everybody said amen.